0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu, nasalli al-Rasul al-Karim. Amma ba. Alhamdulillah. Today is the sixth of August in the year two thousand and twenty-three, and Alhamdulillah, we moved on to the twenty-sixth and final session. So, by the grace of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we've completed half a year, six months. And we're going through the commentary of Surah Al-Hajj. So, this last session, we will discuss in the final verse, verse 78. So, verse 78. Audhu Billahi Rajeem, Bismillahir Rahmanir And strive in His course, as you ought to strive. He has chosen you. And impose no difficulties upon you in your religion. It is the faith of your father Ibrahim. It is he who has named you Muslims before and also in this that the Messenger salam, may be a witness for you and you be witnesses for mankind. Thus establish the Salah. And give the zakah, And hold fast to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is your protector. The best to protect. And the best to help. So at the beginning of this verse. The Almighty and Glorious subhanahu wa ta'ala, says. Strive in His cause as you ought to strive. So there's a passage in Surah 25 verse 52. In Surah 25. Verse 52, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions there. <laughs> Therefore do not listen to the unbelievers, but strive against them with the utmost striving. <laughs> So here in Surah 25, verse 52, Allah says, "Don't listen to the unbelievers. Strive and do a jihad and kabira." So what are you told to strive with? So here in Ibn Ijailin and Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, Abdullah Ibn Abbas he explained this verse. He said it means with the Quran. So when Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, "Strive, wajahidhum bihi jihadan strive with a st- with a great jihad. You strive against the unbelievers with the Qur'an. So there's the sadness. We are told to strive with our utmost energy against the unbelievers with the Qur'an. Well, how do you do that when you don't know the Qur'an? So note again, jihad doesn't just mean physical, you know, on the battlefield. The jihad and kabirah, according to Ibn Abbas, is with the Qur'an. Because this is where the truth lies. And also in Surah 50, verse 45, the last verse of Surah Qaf, what does Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala say? He says, فَذَكِّرْ بِالْقُرْآنِ وعيد. So warn with the Qur'an, such as fear my warning. So Allah ta'ala again mentions, warn the people, I with this Qur'an. <laughs> so note, Allah ta'ala is indicating we should be very well versed with the Qur'an. <laughs> Because we need to invite, we need to warn all this. So the first port of call is to educate yourselves. How can we not you know and the sadness is when you hear many of the daís, they don't quote the Quran. And the reason is they don't know the Quran. <laughs> they'll start using logic, they'll start using philosophy, they'll start using this and that. Where's the Quran? Rat saying strive with the Quran. And that's why there's a report, the hadith is in Ibn i Qatada Rahmatullah Rahmatullah said by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they would find in the Quran that which would impede sinfulness if only they contemplated upon it and comprehended it. So Qatad al-Ahmatullah, they said, if you really put your energy into the Quran, it will stop you in your tracks from sinning. But you must contemplate and comprehend it. So Allah is telling you, to contemplate upon the Quran, and this will stop you in your tracks if you really truly understood what is being mentioned. And this is why, in a direct report in Hakim, the Prophet he said, Give your eyes their share of worship, contemplating the Quran, pondering over its meanings, and drawing lessons from its miracles. Look how amazing! In this Sahih hadith in Hakim, the Prophet said, give your eyes their share of worship and what is your eyes share of worship contemplating upon the quran pondering over its meanings and drawing lessons from its miracles so note here in the very last verse of Surah al-hajj what does allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say strive in his clothes as you ought to strive so note, it's not just physical jihad right it's also referring to the glorious quran then the verse continues. Who watched the he has chosen you. He has chosen you, he has imposed no difficulties in your religion. So here there is a few reports. In Ahmad Tabrani and his created in Sahih jami number 3301, our beloved Messenger said the best part of your deen is the easiest. The best part of your deen is the easiest So let's look at this Allah has said I have not placed any difficulty in your deen This is his kindness The Prophet said The best major part of your deen is the easiest What does that mean? It means going to paradise is not difficult Remember that man came And he asked about the pillars and the Prophet mentioned, and then the sahaba goes, I will only mention, I will only offer the farad, nothing more. Zakat, I will do hajj, fast, nothing more, no nafil fast, no, nothing. and then he left. The Prophet said, he is successful. Right? So what does that mean? It means it's easy. But if you add yourself, fine, no problem. But don't let the deen overburden you. The Prophet won't. And also, in Sayyih Bukhari, number 41. Our beloved Messenger said وسلم, the most beloved part of your deen is what is done regularly. The most beloved part of your deen in Allah subhanahu wa is what is done regularly. So there's the clue. Don't take on more than what you can handle. Don't bite off more than what you can chew, like they say. A lot of people they have aspirations and then they stop because they can't keep it up. Allah doesn't like that. You need to take on what you can do regularly. So for instance, fasting. A lot of people get excited. They go, right, I'm going to fast Mondays and Thursdays. Why don't you just keep the fast of Allah That's one fast a year. Why you jump to 104 fast a year? Right? So no, shaitan. This was shaitan plus and a person can't keep it up. So the Prophet was telling, do something regular. And Allah loves that. If you do so, even if it's small. But well, he does not like when you stop doing something. And also the report so it says here so this is a, a recorded in Kurtubi in his tafsir and Ibn Katir tafsir Qatad rahmatullah said. said al-Ahbar rahmatullah he said this ummah has been given three things which were not given to any ummah before only to prophets So what did Ka'ab al-Akhbar say? He goes, these three things were never given to any Muslims except the prophets. But you've been given them. Number one. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a prophet, alayhi salatu wa He said to him, you are a witness over your nation. But, you have been made witnesses over mankind. So what's the first thing? The prophets witnessed their nations, we will witness over mankind. And that's in reference to Surah 2, verse 143. Then he said, Number two, it was said to the Prophets والسلام, individually, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not laid upon you any hardship in religion to the prophets. But he said to this Ummah, and then he recited, alikum min haraj. And Allah has not laid upon you any hardship in your religion. So it's for us. It was only for the previous Prophets. Then he said, Number three. It was said to the Prophets individually, Call upon me, I will answer you. But it was said to this Ummah, Surat 40, verse 60, Call upon me, and I will answer you. Subhanallah. So now this is explaining. Allah Taala has given to us what he gave to the prophets. Number one, we are witnesses of mankind. Number two, Allah, Allah has made the deen easy for us. And number three, call upon me, I will answer you. This is also in Ibn Abi Hatim in this tafsir as well. So now this is explaining. Hmm. i.e., I, this holy passage by the relevant authorities. Then the verse continues. It is the faith of your father Ibrahim, Ibrahim, it is he who has named you Muslims both before and in this. So here there's a few reports. So in Ibn jadid and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? He says, من من It is he who has named you Muslims before. Ibn Abbas, he recited that he said, this refers to Allah. So when the Quran says, it is he who's he, <laughs> it is he who has named you Muslims before. Ibn Abbas and others said, it says, it's referring to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the next bit, Wafihada, before and in this, Mujahid said, Allah Taala named you Muslims before, in the previous books and in a dhikr And then he recited, fi and in this means the Quran. This is in Qurtudi and Ibn Kathir's tafsir. So if you look at the verse, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? It is He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who has named you Muslims before. And in this, are He referring to the Quran? So this name was being given to the previous Muslims as well. But we are the only ones, look how fortunate again. The only ones who call themselves Muslims are the Muslims. <laughs> Christians call themselves Christians, Jews call themselves Jews, Jews, and Zoroastrians call themselves, look how strange that is. They were called Muslims and they changed their name. Because we're not, we're, we're something else. Allah says, you have been given this great name again. And of course, Alhamdulillah, this has not been changed. And there's a hadith. The hadith is in Nasa'i. He recorded it under the explanation of this verse, Ibn Kathir's tafsir. Our beloved Messenger said, Sallallahu alayhi Whoever adopts the call of jahiliyyah will then be one of those who will crawl on their knees into hell. Astaghfirullah. A man said, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi even if he fasts and performs salat. The Prophet said, yes, even if he fasts and performs salat Hence, adopt the call of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, whereby he called you Muslims, believers, and servants of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Nasai and he's, he's commenting upon this verse. This is what Imam Nasai understood. So what is one of the major sins? You adopt the call of jahiliyyah. So basically, my nation is right, whether right or wrong. That's jahiliyyah. Umiyyad. That's jahiliyyah. You call into call, you know, jahiliyyah. If you call to that, you will enter the hell on your knees. So one of the companions asked, what if he fasts and prays, Ya Rasulullah? Okay, he's committed a huge crime. The Prophet goes, even if he calls, if he prays and he fasts. You have to eradicate this. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, you are Muslims, you are believers, you are servants of Allah. Look how strange. So for example, you look down upon another Muslim because he's from another race. That's jahiliyyah. Where's the proof? When Abu Dhar said to Bilal, you son of a black woman. And what did the Prophet ﷺ say? You still got jahiliyyah in you. Oh Abu Dhar. You still got jahiliyyah in you. And then Abu is put his head on the ground. He told Bilal, you have to step over my head. Which he did <laughs> to, to get rid of that. So think about that. Isn't this common amongst Muslims? They think it's a small thing. Right? So this is jahiliyyah. The Prophet goes, get us out of your... He goes, "We do, he goes, this is nothing to do with our deal. You know, the whether they're wa- the whitest of white or the darkest of dark, they're Muslims. You're going to be racist against Lokman, him, Against Bilal, r.a. Allah Ta'ala doesn't look at the color of your skin But yeah, again in Islam, look how strange (laughs) Astaghfirullah So note again, that's why Allah Ta'ala has called you Muslims (laughs) To stop you from making these silly statements you a Muslim class, that's it (laughs) And also it mentions So, this is mentioned by Shaykh Mawdudi In his seal of this verse, he states Though Islam may be called the religion of Prophets Nuh, Musa and Isa, is no doubt, wasalam, yet the Quran emphasizes over and over again, it is the religion of Ibrahim. We you know Islam. Then the Shaykh said, therefore you should follow it. He goes, why? Why is it, is it mentioned Ibrahim alayhi salatu again and again? He gave three reasons. Number one, The first addressees of the Quran were the Arabs. Mm. Who were more familiar with Prophet Ibrahim Mm. than with any other Prophet. Mm. And acknowledged him to be a holy personality and their leader. Look how strange. Who were the first to hear the Quran? Don't believe in Goresh. Did they accept Ibrahim? Of course, they're children of Ibrahim. Mm. So Allah says, follow the faith of Ibrahim. That's one wisdom. Number two. Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salatu alone was the person whom the Jews, the Christians, the Muslims and the pagans of Arabia and the adjoining countries unanimously acknowledged as a great prophet. So when Allah Allah says, "Follow the way of Ibrahim, could the Jews turn away from that? No. Could the Christians turn away? No. So look how amazing Allah Allah is mentioning why he's telling you about Ibrahim alayhi salatu Number three. When the Quran invites all these various communities to follow the path of Ibrahim, والسلام, in fact it admonishes them that all their religions had been invented long after Ibrahim والسلام, and therefore were not trusty, be trustworthy because they contradicted many things taught by him. For instance, the Mushriks of Arabia. They acknowledged their idol worship amongst them. Had been started by Amr ibn Luhi who was the leader of Bani Khuza. And he had brought an idol called Hubal from Moab in about 600 BC. So the religion to which Prophet Muhammad invited them was the same pure unadulterated religion which was taught by Prophet Ibrahim He was not an idol worshiper. He was a Hanif. Again and again he mentions this. Who were the only ones who truly... Can say that they follow. He says. In fact, we remember him in our salat. Wa la ali Ibrahim, wa ali Muhammadin ka ma barat Allahi Ibrahim, wa ali Ibrahim alul Shari'f, and also Hajj is known for the the Sunnah of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wa salam. So note again, this is why Allah says here. Millat abi kum Ibrahim look how beautiful it's the last verse of Surah Hajj. Why is it? Because it's Hajj. Mm. Allah has mentioned him again. Allah salatu wa And then it says, It is he who has named you Muslims before and in this revelation mm. that the messenger may be a witness for you and you be witnesses for mankind. So now, like I mentioned, the prophets are witnesses for their nations. But we've been given the honor That we will witness for mankind. So looking at at it very briefly. Surah 2 verse 143. In Surah 2, Surah Baqarah verse 143. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, We have made you a justly balanced ummah that you might be witnesses over the nations. shohada ala al-nas and the messenger a witness over you. So there's a hadith. The hadith is in Sayyid Bukhari, Sayyid Muslim, Nasai, Ibn Majah, Ahmad, Mishkat. Somebody, Rasulullah said, Nuh alayhi salatu waslam will be called and he will be asked, Did you convey the message? He will say yes, but his nation will say he didn't. Allah then asks Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, Who is a witness in your favor? Who knows? Prove to me, prove that you have shared the message. He says Muhammad and his followers. <laughs> don't know, so think about that. He doesn't even say his own saaba. He goes Muhammad and his ummah. Those, the believers will testify. We will testify. And he, alayhi salatu waslam, that he conveyed the message. And Rasulullah will convey that we have told the truth. <laughs> There's the meaning. Look at the honor given to us. Prophets are turning to us. Now, is this only for Nuh, alayhi salatu waslam? The answer is no. In Imam Ahmed's Musnad, he mentions other prophets will do the same. <laughs> so other prophets will say, "We've conveyed the message." Their people say no because who is your witness or prophet? And they'll turn to us. <laughs> so look at the honor given to us. So going back to this verse, what does Allah Subhanahu wa Taala say? <laughs> that the messenger may be a witness for you, and you be witnesses for mankind. So look how beautiful he's explaining this. Rasulullah testifies to our truthfulness mm-hmm. when we say the Prophets conveyed the message. Yeah. So now question, how do we know they conveyed the message? We weren't there. Quran. Mm-hmm. If Allah says something, we say, look, Quran says it. So we, even though we weren't there, we witnessed it. And Rasulullah says yes, because the Quran is haqq, is absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And also, there's another thing here I should have mentioned. So, I'malif al-Qur'an, volume 6, page 292. The faith of your father Ibrahim, it means, this is the nation of your father Ibrahim a.s. These words were addressed to the Quraysh who descended from him. There is a hadith, and he quotes, very interesting, in Bukhari and muslim The Prophet a.s. A.s. said, All people followed the Quraysh in their faith. The believers followed the believers amongst the Quraysh, and the mushriks, the kafirs, the unbelievers followed the kafirs among them. Look okay, interesting. The Quraysh are the leaders, the Prophet said. If they are believers, you'll be believers. If they will be kafirs, you'll be kafirs. And what happened? That's exactly what happened. They were waiting for the Quraysh. When Makkah fell, the wall of Arabia followed. So this shows the status of the Quraysh. So now about this witnessing. There's a very interesting report. So this hadith is recorded... Uh, in Sahih Bukhari 1-451 number 1279 Sahih Muslim number 2296 Uqba ibn Amr anhu relates Rasulullah went out one day and performed the janazah prayer over the slain at Uqad stop in the report this was years after so Uqad was in the second third year Eight years later, the Prophet did janaza for them. Eight years later, after praying, he went to the pulpit. The pulpit was brought to Janat al-Bakhi. Sorry, uh, were the martyrs of Uhud. After praying, he went to the pulpit and said, Inni faratukum, I am a harbinger for you. Wa ana shahidan alaykum, a witness over you. So, what did the Prophet ﷺ say? I am two things for you. I am a harbinger Faratukum, and I am a Shaheed, I am a witness over you. Then he said, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am looking upon my basin right now, I, the houd, and I have been granted the keys to the treasures of the earth. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I do not fear that you will associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after me. However, I fear that you will compete with one another for the world. So this is the report. The relevant part which we're focusing on is the two things he said he was, or is, I am a harbinger and I am a witness. Now what is the Prophet referring to there? So, Sheikh Muhammad Tahir al qadi al-Hanafi, he said in his work, Muhammad the Merciful sallallahu alayhi wa page eight In this hadith, there are numerous points that are included in Rasulullah's mercy for mankind, sallallahu alayhi wa Number one, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is a harbinger for his ummah, meaning he goes before them in order to look after their best interests and prepare what they need. SubhanAllah. So what does it mean? The Prophet goes, I'm going before you. I'm preparing the way for you. That's why I'm going before you, <laughs> Number two, Rasulullah witnesses their actions. I am a shaheed. So it is as if he remains amongst them and he has not actually gone ahead. It is as if he remains after them to witness the works of the latter part of his ummah." Here we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gathered within the Prophet sallallahu two qualities that cannot be conjoined with anyone else besides him. Rasulullah takes care of their needs in both abodes during his life on the earth and after his passing. <laughs> so now what's interesting, he's a shaheed. He witnesses our deeds. How? The Prophet explains sallallahu The hadith is in Bazaar ibn Sa'ad in al Many references and his al hasan. And the meaning of the hadith. He goes. My life is a great deal of good for you. Then he said later. وسلم, and my passing away. Is a great deal of good for you. Because your deeds. Will be presented to me. If I see good. I will praise Allah. Subhanahu Wa Taala. If I see other than that. I will pray for your forgiveness. So the Prophet explained. Our good deeds. And sins. Are shown to him. Our good deeds. Please him. وسلم, Our sins. Obviously, cause him grief, but he supplicates for our forgiveness. So, the key point is it is conveyed to him. So, note he's a harbinger, he's preparing the way for us for the next in the barzakh and in the next life, but he's also interacting with us now. You understand? At this very moment. But he is not shown the deeds of the unbelievers, he can't benefit. Them. And that's and the proof of that is the famous hadith in Bukhari and Muslim where the Prophet on the day of judgment. The Haud, the some people are turned away from the Haud. And the Prophet said, my companions, my companions, meaning they were Muslims, when I last saw them. And the angel said, you don't know what they did after you. <laughs> so, meaning, these were the Apostates, those who had embraced Islam technically, but they weren't really Muslims. So, what does that Hadith prove? He didn't know. He wasn't shown their deeds because otherwise it, that, doesn't, that statement doesn't make any sense. My companions, my companions, why? Because the, doesn't, Why? Because they're unbelievers, you can't benefit them. Then he goes, be away those who change the deen after me. So this is again what it means here that the messenger may be a witness for you وسلم, and you be witnesses for mankind. Have you understood? So not again the status of the Prophet then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says those establish the salah Give the zakah and hold fast to Allah. What does that mean? Hold fast to Allah. In Surah 3, verse 103. In Surah 3, verse 103, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there the meaning. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Hold fast all of you together. To the rope which Allah, Allah has given you. And do not be divided amongst yourselves. <laughs> what does that mean? So in a hadith. In Tabarani in kabir number 491. Behaki in Shu'abul Iman, number 201. Ibn Abi Shaiba, number thirty thousand and six, Ibn Hiban, number 122. Sahih al number 38 and number 39. Our beloved Messenger said, this Quran is a rope one end is in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the other end is within your hands thus hold firmly to it verily by holding to it you will never go astray and you will never perish so look how interesting Allah says hold all of you together hold tight to the rope which Allah has given you it's called it a rope one is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. the other is dangling towards you it's the Quran if you cling to it, Rasulullah said, you will never go astray. Again, note, how can you cling to something that you don't have no idea what it's about? The Qur'an isn't just kissing it and putting it on the shelf and reading it in Ramadan. <laughs> right? Hold fast means understand, reflect, try to get it into your life. So what does Salat Allah say here? Wa billahi. Hold fast to Allah. Meaning the Qur'an. He is your protector. فَنِعْمَ وَنِعْمَ nasir The best to protect and the best to help. If you cling to Allah how can you be defeated? And this is why in Sayyid Muslim, the Prophet said, Allah raises people with this book and he disgraces or lowers people with this book. So the Qur'an only does two things. It honors you or disgraces you. There's no middle path. So if you look at the Muslims as a whole, are they being honored or disgraced? As a whole, you say disgraced. And what's the response? They turned away from the Quran. There's no deep, you know, deep, you know, psychological analysis to the whole scenario. Why were the sahaba honored? They were living Quran. Tabien, living Quran. Taba Ta'abi And we notice somewhere down the line that connection getting was started getting weaker. And in correspondence, Allah, the last connection got weak. Now people have abandoned the rope, they're just looking at the rope. You gotta to cling to it. Connect yourself to the Quran, and then Allah Taala will once again honor you by His great kindness and mercy. So, all aside the verse, and we will conclude. Subhanallah, iman ash-shaitanul rajim. Bismillahi r-Rahmanir-Rahim. Wa jahidu fil-Lahi haqq jihadi. Huwa jtabaakum wa ma j'al Aliikum fil-din min haraj. Milla taabiikum Ibrahim. هو سماكم المسلمين من قبل وفي هذا ليكون الرسول شهيدا عليكم وتكونوا شهداء على الناس فأقيموا الصلاة وآتوا الزكاة وأتصموا بالله هو مولاكم فنعم المولى ونعم النصير we pray to Almighty Allah, wa ta'ala He makes the Quran the reverie of our hearts, and I pray to Almighty Allah, so He forgives me for any errors which I may have inadvertently in ordered. So, be be